You're listening to Know, Like, and Trust by Stampede Digital Systems. As a pioneer of the Know, Like, and Trust movement, Stampede guides listeners through the marketing process with real-life examples of successful individuals. Today's show highlights a business owner who offers a valuable service, making a powerful impact on the world. With your host, Troy Campbell. Welcome to the No Like and Trust podcast by Stampede Digital Systems. So excited to talk to you all today. Thank you, listeners, for listening to another show. We have an amazing guest today that I'm so honored to bring to you. Uh, before I introduce him, I want to just mention the purpose of this podcast is the No Like and Trust. In any venture that we're trying to do, we want to get people to know, like, and trust us. That's the key. And so this podcast isn't about big answers. It's about lots of small answers. It's about the insights and the experiences that people have gone through as they've lived their passions and their dreams and created something. So a great example of that is our guest today. His name's Dolan White with Dolan White Consulting. Um, Dolan, for the past 30 years, has been a successful business leader as well as a proven CEO. During this time, he's helped leaders and teams turn around and transform their culture, building lasting client relationships and creating long-term financial success. He's delivered lectures and training on professionalism, ethics, and business leadership to thousands of individuals in more than a dozen countries. He is a consultant, a coach, and an entrepreneur, and he lives in the Los Angeles area. He started his selling career selling scanners as a commissioned-only sales rep. Over the last 30-plus years of his career, he's been blessed to be trusted with managing and growing businesses by hundreds of millions of dollars annually. And today, he runs his consulting practice and focuses on helping his clients attain their successes. So without further ado, let's introduce Dylan Dwight. Thank you, Dolan. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. It makes me smile. Every time I hear that, I realize I'm, I'm, I'm old. I'm actually that old. <laughs> you, know, you know what I've realized about time? You, we get better at passing time, and so time goes even faster. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. Yeah. My, my youngest daughter's 18. When did that happen? Wow. Isn't that amazing? It's so amazing how fast it goes by. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. I'm similarly. I'm in the game of five sons and four grandsons. So I live with the uh, all boy curse in the family. We call it but, the curse. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rowdy, rowdy household. I'll bet. Oh yeah, yeah. My goal is to try to keep up with them all. I, I pretend I'm 19 still sometimes and pay the price the next day. But <laughs> fortunately, I can take some Tylenol. I'm good to go. So Tylenol. Yes. Well, we want to hear your story. That's the first question we always ask on the show. Um, you know, where did, how did you arrive at it? And, and yeah, just your story, your hero's journey. Well, it's interesting you ask. You know, the, I um, had to smile when you mentioned, you know, selling scanners for commission only. I was actually at the time the controller of a plumbing contractor company. And it was doing the, it was during the housing boom in Southern California when houses were, uh, all the, the lots had been rezoned. And rather than having one house per lot, you could now put like a dozen. So, right. so there was this huge boom and you sold them all for as much money as you could possibly get for. Right, right. And I was working for a plumbing contractor and we bought a computer system and it mystified me. 
And I thought, I'm going to, you know, this is cool. I was intimidated. I don't like to be intimidated. So I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. So I actually learned a little bit about coding and made friends with the company. We bought the, the computer system for long, long since gone. And, uh, and became friends with the owner of that company at the time. And as we kind of got to know each other, I asked him, you know, how do I get into the business? You know, what do I do? And he was, you know, fortunately older than I was at the time. And uh, he just said, well, I'll tell you what, if you want to come work for me and learn the business, I'll give you a shot. You can sell scanners. Scanners have just started coming out of the market. And every time you sell one, I'll give you a stipend. I'll give you a cut. So I talked to my wife and my wife, bless her heart, um, said, okay. Um, (laughs) Kind of with you know just about that much support and enthusiasm, and yes, yes, yeah, she's amazing woman. You yes, we're like thirty three and a half years into it now, and I still have asked for lots of permission another day. But <laughs> uh, but no, so I had a, the opportunity to actually go to go to work for the company and learn all about digital scanners and how optical character recognition worked and the code and everything. But the most, which was cool, and I think there's this premise around anybody can learn tech stuff because you just learn tech stuff. It's right. just, you've got the propensity and the knowledge and the go for it. You can figure it out. But what was the most interesting part was I'd never done cold calling. Okay. Huge, huge opportunity to learn. and to well, So my first day was I got handed a stack of paper. Yes in a closet, functionally, and uh, literally, it was in a house, so it was a closet, a stack of paper, and a phone that was on this long cord that I drug into the closet, and I turned the light on, and I'd start calling people. And um, many, many no's, um, many, many conversations with expletives at the beginning of the conversation, uh, lots of clicks, and uh, but but the, the best thing that came out of it was is it, it started me on that journey to learn how to talk to people, right? And how not just to show up and start talking at people, which right. was the kind of the, the in those days everything was a script. It's kind of like we all still get those calls. And my wife gets aggravated because I answer them. Yeah, and I, I love to take the call, let them go for five minutes, and then I school them for like ten, and then hang up. Of course, yes. So uh, so I started off in the business doing cold calls. And over time, as I learned that it's not as important, it's not about, hey, look at me. It's about what it is that I'm trying to help you solve. What am I trying to help you get past? What problem are you looking for? What 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 are you really trying to accomplish? And can I impact or not impact? And I, I learned by asking questions that kind of led to those conclusions. And by doing that, I actually started to close business. And started to get pretty good at it. So, so we uh, we continued to grow, and then about about halfway through that, there was this little tiny company in Provo, Utah, that came out called Novell. And uh, um, I heard of Novell, went to a course to learn more about Novell. Fascinated with the fact that you could hook stuff up together and you could make it talk. Um, the course was not done well. It was a horrible course. Didn't go well. And I thought, oh, I could do better than this. So, so actually, ultimately, 
ended up going from there to a company that sold Novell Netware, which was the product at the time, Novell long since gone, but sold the product and became a customer services manager. So I ran the tech support organization, ran the back-end sales team, kind of, kind of began to ratchet up my experience kind of one notch at a time. So not only would I get the chance to sell over the phone, but I'd get a chance to work with people that were mad at me. And uh, for multiple reasons. Multiple reasons. Multiple reasons, yes. Lots of, lots of things can go wrong when you're doing that, especially in the early days. It was amazing. You say computers have this annoying habit of not doing what we want them to do, but what we told them to do. Yes. <laughs> yes. I call it the DEU failure. It's a, the acronym is dumb in user. It's a D, it's just a DEU failure. So uh, it's, it's the biggest bug in all computer systems. It definitely is. And there's kind of like a Murphy's law that goes along with it. The more you need it for whatever it is you're going to kind of try to accomplish, the less likely it's going to cooperate. Cooperate. Yeah. So it just doesn't. There's that learning curve. And oh my gosh. It sounds like you were helping you, you were responding and having to create things to resolve those, that learning curve. Yeah. So we were working uh, in a vertical industry at the time, working with doctors and chiropractors in that industry to help them in the early days of building networks. Right. Um, about a year and a half or so into that, I, I got to know the no, local Novell folks really well. I was courted by Novell, joined, actually joined Novell, was with them for about 10 years. Sure. And crossed a life, my lifespan, uh, I've spent a lot of time in the problem area and uh, a lot of time in the program area and and had the opportunity it was a, such a wonderful opportunity uh, kind of in the heyday of networking as the as the, all of those systems were being built to to um, have opportunities offered to me and earn opportunities where i could apply the you know the customer service skills the technical things that i learned and begin to lead people and well manage people. There's a big gap between managing and leading. So I got to manage people. It took me a long time to figure out the difference between managing somebody and leading somebody. Mm -hmm. And um, so I got to do that. And as I grew in stature at Novell, Novell was very trusting. I ended up running the sales region for Southern California and carried a $100 million quota and got to work with people like Disney and 20th Century Fox and Warner Brothers and Lots of different kinds of companies to to work with them on what they were trying to solve, and the kind of the it's it's really interesting for because the the unifying thing through all of that is it was always the same question. It didn't matter about scale or size. It was what are you trying to do? Yes. And by identifying what they were trying to do and really getting people to focus in on it, because a lot of times they would come back, clients would come back with a list of fifteen things. I'd have to remind them the most any human can do is like three. So let's get down to three. And of the three, we can get down to one. Let's do that first. Mm -hmm. And then if we can do that really well, we'll start tagging stuff on top of it. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was, was blessed, very successful when Novell decided to open a consulting business uh, and open up their own, their services division. I led the services division in West U.S. and Latin America and Japan. and, and uh, Got to, had the opportunity to begin work for some work for and with some just amazing people and uh, love the culture of the business and had a chance to go and travel and then not only just travel, but then to begin to teach what I had learned to other individuals. So I kind of began my career in 
you know, standing in front of a room of 12 consultants to talk about the difference between being a technical enabler and a client enabler. Okay. Tell us very, very different things. It's one thing to be able to have technical chops and hook stuff up and make it go. Right. And it's another thing to be able to have a good conversation with a client and enlist them into the process and solve their problem, make right. them part of it. So, uh, so I got to do that. And then I could go on and on and on and on and on about career and different things, but I had a chance to uh, go go from Novell to a company called Alteris based in Linden. We were acquired by Symantec um, during that period of time. Funny how that works out in some businesses. Yes. And through that acquisition, uh, gentleman that was my boss at the time was a guy named Bill Holzendorf and uh, worked for him the longest part of my career. Still deep, deep good friends and. One of the things that uh, Bill fortified, kind of helped fortify, was when you are serving, you know, what we do is always starts with serving other people. Absolutely. It starts there. Absolutely. And if you can build that idea and mentality and then become, learn to understand those people. And what, when I was with Bill, with Semantic, I had an opportunity to travel all over the planet. Right. To, so I've been to lots of countries and lots of places and a lot of fun. But we would make it a point to study the culture and really learn about who they were before we go so that when we got there, we knew how not to be the ugly American per se. Absolutely. Absolutely. We could, be a, we could really understand how to, how to succeed in the market. Yes. So uh, from, from there, I had a chance to work with an um, emerging company in San Diego, a company called ServiceNow. When I work with ServiceNow, they were a little tiny company. They were uh, uh, just coming up to a couple of hundred million dollars. I think now they're multiple billions of dollars. Um, I got to work with uh, their enablement team. And again, not only got to build enablement and training for individuals inside of their company, but for channel partners and other kinds of people and go all over the planet and teach. Yeah. The, I always, I always kept, even though I led a team and had a lot of people reporting to me, I always loved going out at least once a month, several times a quarter, as much as I possibly could to be out in front of a room and, and teach it. Absolutely. The two things, one to keep my jobs up in case I needed a real job. Right. And, uh, and, the, and the other is it's exciting when you're in a room and you, you see a light come on. Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a treasure when you see lights coming on, when you're oh. making a difference in people's lives. Oh, it's so fun. And we would, we would do little silly things. Like we actually would talk about attire, yes. like your shoes and your belt need to match. I mean, simple stuff, right, that we think about and what a gig line was, and we would, which is the, you know, the straight line between your, for those who wonder what, well, so what's a gig line? Uh, that, you know, it's the buttons that line up with the, with the zipper down with your belly button. And the Marine Corps drilled gig line into me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But it was funny because we would see, inevitably, I would see these young, you know, consultant pups kind of go, oh, oh. And they'd go out that night to Walmart or Target or Kmart or wherever, and they'd come back like the next day with a new shirt, and it would be ironed, and they'd be like nice. a belt on. And, yeah. And, uh, so they were, they were raising their game, which – it, even in that small little tiny bit, just to have a pressed shirt, yes. just elevated them just immensely. So, so it was. 
And I could just because I'm old, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, but to, you know, show up properly and tell you. And so after that, when I, when I was at service now, one of the young guys that used to work for me at Novell um, would stop by my house periodically or we'd talk. And there's people we meet in our career that we'd stay always in touch with. And, and um, young man named Will Matos, and we've known each other for 20 some odd years. And he had told, was telling me he had started a company and it was a marketing company and he was partnered with another guy. And, and he wanted me to come work for the company. And my answer was, oh, heck no. There's, why? I'm never going to be a marketing dude. Why would I come work for a marketing? I'm like leading this team. I'm traveling. I'm teaching. You got nothing for me, bud. But thank you very much. Have a great day. Right. <laughs> and um, I remember he showed up at my house on a Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock unannounced in 2015, pitched my wife and, uh, and closed us. And I ended up giving service my notice and left to uh, join the marketing company that he had started. And it was an affiliate marketing firm that, and I had no idea what that was. And my career had been marketing and salespeople were like complete nemesis of each other. And, you know, so they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be, but no, oh, absolutely. It'd be hand to learn. Yes, it should be absolutely a team. Yeah, they should be. Not only should be the should they be joined at the hip, but they should be almost married. That's right. So, almost married. So, uh, um, so I agreed to join the company. Shortly thereafter, became the uh, president and CEO of the organization. I'm not quite sure if it was because of qualifications or because they were tired of me complaining so much, and. Uh, Probably more of the latter. So, so I became CEO and uh, had the opportunity, just blessed, had the opportunity to lead the company kind of through a downturn in the marketing industry that we were in, kind of through a different kind of industry and kind of out the other side uh, for, for a little over four years and really truly discovered what it means to pack in 30 years of experience doing stuff learning how to manage, learning how to lead, learning how to, you know, put processes in the company and good financial procedures and, you know, all the blah, blah, blah that goes along with that. Really, in effect, coming in and taking total responsibility for now caring for 30 people. Absolutely. And being the guy that knows that it's not about the individual in your company, it's about their wife. It's about their daughter. It's about kids in school. It's about car payments. It's about all those things. Well, and I, I think, what, you know, kind of the, the format of this show is, you know, your hero's journey. And then what happens with, with, with our passions is we go through that journey and we become someone that can be a mentor to other yeah. and and help them in their hero's journey. And I, I just think it's amazing that, you know, this this career of yours and, and the things that you're able to do, it all started with being in a closet, cold calling. Yeah. And the, and the experiences that you learned there that, you know, those aha moments was this, this being able to connect to people, to build teams, to, to lead, you know, it, it brought you along one step after another, after another, until now suddenly you're like, I want to give this. I want to give to other people that maybe so they can get out of that closet faster and actually get sent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> you'll be careful with the phrasing around that with bringing people out of the closet. However, <laughs> however, but, but no, you're, it's, it's exactly right. So when we were, um, we had a very collaborative conversation when I made the decision to leave my role in the previous company as the CEO of that company and come out and begin my own consulting. And um, I haven't gone very far because we're still doing things together and there's, we're still great friends and, but, but uh, still great friends with the team. And uh, it really is. That's, that's why it's kind of funny. And I'll shift gears maybe a little bit, but sure. I view my, my role when I go, and that's if you people go and look at my bio or go to my site or, you know, we'll talk more about that later, but it says coach consultant. And they're really two different kinds of animals that have to go at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's, it is coaching is extremely important because the people that you're going to work with, which generally should start with leaders, not with team have to have their mindset, correct. Have to have their head in the game, have to know where they're going to go. And it, and it's tough. I mean, it's just, it's tough. And particularly now I've done a lot of teaching and lecturing on Corona and COVID-19 and kind of what it means prior to that, what it means during that, what it means after this. Sure. And um, on a panel next week in the UK about this. And, and so one of the very first things I focus on is uh, there's a lot of things you need to think of, but the very first thing is mindset. Get your head straight. And make sure that your head is make sure your head is screwed on. So I look at what I do when I come out to the field is when I coach, it's let's solve the mindset. The consulting part is now let's discover what the tangible outcome that you're looking for, right. build a strategy for that, and let's march towards that. Let me help you put something in place that gets there. Exactly. And I tend to approach that differently. I don't come in the door with a canned methodology because every company is their own unicorn. Right. So it really is about taking the best of the experiences and applying them as best you can to that organization or to that individual where they are in that moment. Right? Yes. So I don't like going into a company and beating them with a hammer until they actually are around and they fit in the hole I want them to fit in. That's right. Yes. Mindset is, um, I think one of the reasons that our company Stampede Digital Systems, yeah. one of the purposes of our podcast besides helping, you know, teach preaching know, like, and trust is to help people realize that with all of their products, with all their services, with all their hows, to, there's preparing people and helping them get emotionally ready for those hows. Because mm -hmm. people do that. You, you can't do a, a health regi regime or a diet without the proper mindset. You can't employ yeah. a lot of things. And so... Yeah, so I would definitely say that that I totally see where you're coming from. That that um, that that coaching piece is one of the things that I think our entrepreneurs don't realize. I think maybe well, if I just create this nice product or widget or gadget, but part of their part of our duty is to help pe help prepare prospective clients and customers uh, to be able to to be able to serve them. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because I'll, I'll give you a case in point. When I first became CEO, uh, one of the very first things that I recognized is that the company needed processes and organizational structure. We needed to, rather than to try to do the same thing over and over and over and over, couldn't we just like build it and then it would be not as hard next time. We wouldn't build it every time we had to go do it. Yeah. 
And I thought, okay, so let's build some processes. And I happened to look at other methodologies and people that I've you know, met across the across my years doing consulting and advisory services. And, and I said, okay, I'm going to pick this methodology and we won't name a methodology. And I kind of walked in and called everybody in the room, got everybody on the Zoom call and went, bang, this is what we're going to go do. Right. And we failed. <laughs> not, not only did we fail, <laughs> but we failed. Yeah. It was like, it was ugly. People, uh, I made people, I made people mad. I, why are we doing this? This is more work. This is, and it was, and it was my stab at command and control CEO ness, which is awesome if you're going to deploy a battalion, right? You want command and control. You absolutely want that, right? So you don't have people wandering around. But when you're when you're managing a company, it's command and control. If you're going to lead a company, it's a very different thing. So one of the lessons that and I, I, you know, love failing. Not that I, you know, make that a habit. Oh no, it is it is the most healthy thing in the world to to fail and get back up. Oh my gosh, well it's funny. There's a Zen saying. There's a I think it comes from our war, which is fall six, rise seven. Exactly. Fall six, rise seven. Keep just. Keep getting go. Keep going. Keep going. Just get up, dust off, go. And um, so I ended up kind of shifting the approach to much more around enlisting the culture of the business into why we want to accomplish this mm-hmm. and what it meant to them. And part of that by asking people, "How do you feel about this?" Sure. And is there something that I'm forgetting? Is there something you can add to this that I've not taken into account? And it was really interesting, right? Because people started adding things to the pile, right? Well, we're going to do that. Let's do this. Right. And, and uh, it became a never ending project, which is another challenge in, in and into itself. But it was awesome because we began to create processes and do the things that we needed to go do. So, so as a, uh, you know, as a CEO, one of the things I learned is it's not only about your mindset, but it's about the mindset of everybody around you. Because mm-hmm. you can only go, there's a, I love mnemonics. There's one of my favorite guys out there. this guy, Jim Quick. And Jim teaches people how to remember, remember stuff, right? Yes. And, um, and he just put a new book out there now. And um, not to plug your book for you, Jim, but, but, uh, um, one of the things that you know he he talks about in his is and he also loves mnemonics is S three, which is simple small steps, simple small, small simple steps. Yep, small just, steps. Just break it down, break it down to the things that that can happen, and take tiny, tiny, tiny steps. Um, I had a chance to talk to a group of folks this morning in Denmark, and we were chatting a bit, and one of the things that we were talking about is. So when you think about what you're doing as a leader, prior, prioritize, for, prioritize for results, prioritize for acceleration, prioritize for what it is that's going to move my needle closer to where I need to be, and, and just do that thing. Just do that one thing and focus on that. Mm-hmm. And if you keep it simple, and particularly today, just because there's so many things we don't know about what post-business world is going to be like after COVID. We just don't know yet. Don't know. So we're, I told a client that a couple of weeks ago, had to have that, that 
coaches and consultant conversation where I had to literally say, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. We've never been here before. And that's okay. Yeah. It's, and, but I know the rules. I know how gravity works. And I know how right. you know, the velocity of the apple between the air and the ground might be slower. But I know how gravity works. It's going to hit the ground. So let's try some things that normally fit within the law and test and measure. But let's try smaller things and test and measure more frequently. Yeah, makes sense. Yes. So, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting thing, you know, to think about when you are you know, leading a company and for those that are entrepreneurs out there that are leading their small businesses, you know, there's or large businesses, whatever kind of business you've got, even as a solopreneur, um, focus on do the, you know, do the things that you need to do every day to have good mindset. Make sure just if I can give a couple of tips, I have a 7 a.m. appointment that goes off in my calendar every day where I do a retrospective on my goals and where am I and am I marking towards my goals? So I get an alarm and I sit down and it's five minutes. It can't be any more than five minutes because at my age, it's hard to focus. Oh, so, <laughs> but yeah, so do that. you have it in your schedule to do every day. Nice. Every day it goes off and I have hooked my, uh, figured out the other day how to hook my calendar into, uh, Alexa, I have to say her name soft because she's sitting over there. She's yes. going to say something now. But there she is right there. So, hard. Always listening. Always listening. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's important that you do that. So the uh, so now the what I focus on is when I go engage with clients is you start with that kind of that couple of questions around help me understand. Tell me where you want to go. What's the outcome you want to get to? Sure. Let's start there. Tell me where you want to be. And then I love to ask them a couple of surprise questions. So who do you want to serve? Yes. And how do you feel about it? Yes. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Yeah. Where, where, where is your passion? Where are you coming from? Do you know? Yeah. yeah. And if you're serving them because it's a great financial opportunity, we're probably not going to be a good match to start with. I but and I'm probably going to, you know, wish you well and yeah. shake your hand. And, well, someday we'll be shaking hands again. But but um, it really is. Do you have a clear definition of where you want to be? Kind of a definition, at least. Something that says this is what's in your mind. Yeah. Who, who are you trying to do this with? Because you don't do it to people. You do it with people. Mm-hmm. And then how do you feel about it? I mean, is it something you want to do? Do you love it? Is you, are you passionate about it? Do you are you ambivalent? Are you you know? Yeah. Do you care? Especially if you're gonna if you're gonna take all the effort to build a business, you might want to be a business that you actually care about. You care about the people. You care about you know your vendors, your employees, your the people you're serving, and and make it a cause. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. If you if you look at the a lot of the businesses that that started that have evolved into other kinds of organizations now, but they started with a reason. There was a why, mm-hmm. and the why was clear. Yeah. And of course, the why gets you know the why can get diluted, or the why can shift, or there's things that happen to it along the path, both from scale and revenue and people and size and all kinds of stuff. Like that. But you have to have good clarity on that and maintain good clarity on that. And so. So what I look at my primary job is before we do anything else is let's figure out, let's, let's work on that clarity. Let's figure out what that is. Right. 
And if we can figure out what that is, we can build a strategy to do it. Because if you build a strategy, then you can build tactics. And if you build tactics, then you can do a, you know, work breakdown structure on, okay, of the tactics, who's going to do which part and how long does it take? Right. And you can start to build a, you can help somebody build a plan and begin to visualize what it's going to take to get there. And then you can help them put metrics to measure it, right? Both in path and outcome and those kinds of things. But you have to start with that front end piece or, or no matter what you do. And I see a lot of consultants go out to organizations and they go, it's interesting to watch because they come in with kind of a, I'm not demeaning this, so I don't want to be misunderstood. They kind of come in with a canned methodology mm-hmm. and they go out to a team, you know, some department in a company, and they take the methodology and they teach that methodology to the department. The department gets all wound up. The leaders aren't engaged. Their mindset is someplace else. Their outcomes are something else. And you end up seeing an investment, not only in the consultant, but an investment in time and people that ultimately ends up in a deep amount of frustration. And so that's why you are a coach and a consultant. Yeah. Got to have the two. Yeah, you got to marry the two. You just can't have, oh, here's the steps you need to take. You have to prepare the mindset first. Yeah. And they can take the steps. Yeah. And I'm not a life coach. Right. So, so if you come to me with life life stuff, there's an awesome video I would tell everybody to go look at out there. It's Bob Newhart. And it's a video called Stop It. Oh, I love that video. I love that video. Just go to YouTube and search Bob Newhart, stop it. And that would be me sitting across the table, 60 <laughs> seconds in, leaning forward, going, stop it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, so yeah, so that's what I do and kind of my my approach to it. And I'm blessed. In my, my career, I've had a chance to work with, you know, lots and lots and lots of different people and companies and organizations. And, Wonderful. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm grateful to be where I'm at. We are so glad that you've been on the show today. It's been such an honor. Uh, Thanks. You know, Thanks. We've got in the, in the show, we've got to, to know you and like <laughs> you, love you, and trust you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, will you please share contact information so our listeners t- can take some action? Um, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I make myself very difficult to find. If you uh, if you go to if if your listeners go to my website, which is just www.dolandwhite.com, my name, okay. and in the upper right hand corner, there's a little button that says more. And if you click on that, you'll see a link that says new here. And click on that link, and it'll tell you a little bit about me and allow you to schedule a call. And uh, um, I never, ever take an engagement without having a pre-call and at least having a conversation, getting to meet people. But we'd love it if, if anybody would like to have a chat. I'm more than open to uh, jump on and have a chat. Just tell them this is where they came from, and I will, I will be there on the spot. So, Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor talking to you. Likewise. Uh, thank you for the time. I'm grateful. You have been listening to Know, Like, Trust by Stampede Digital Systems, a part of the Stampede Podcast Network. The questions from today's interview have been adapted and simplified from the powerful marketing tool, the Sales Site Blueprint. To learn more and get the full set of questions to start your business on the Know, Like, Trust path, download your free Sales Site Blueprint today from stampedeweb.com. That's stampedeweb.com. Until next time, 
This is Be Rich, signing out.